This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yelton, we have a podcast. Diving, diving deep. Diving deep into all things Texas, both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General, Sean McClain. Welcome, welcome to Utopia. Hey everybody, welcome in the Utopia Football Podcast. Yes, we've done two episodes this week already, but by God, when the D'Amico Ryans era kicks off with preseason game number one on a Thursday night, we must have an episode out for you on Friday to give our thoughts on that game. A 20-9 to win over the New England Patriots last night in uh, Foxborough at Gillette Stadium as we welcome you in for a, uh, uh, I won't call it an emergency episode of the podcast because we knew this game was coming, but a bonus episode, we'll call it, of Utopia here for you guys. I'm Sean Pendergast, one half of Payne and Pendergast Sports Radio 610, Payne and Pendergast in the mornings. Uh, John McClain, the Hall of Famer, my good friend joining me as always. He's our senior columnist at Sports Radio 610. Com. John, we'll get into four stock up and four stock down as we do after each Texans game in just a second. But um, just general thoughts on last night's win in New England and the first game of the D'Amico Ryans era. Sean, just of course, it was the first preseason game. A lot of starters didn't dress it up for both teams. But anytime you're a rookie coach, you've got two new coordinators with you. You have a rookie quarterback and there's such high expectations not to make the playoffs, but just to show the improvement, I thought it was terrific for the players, the coaches, especially D'Amico. But I would point out they were 3-0 under Lovey Smith in preseason and 2-1 under David Culley. Okay. Well, John, I'm not, I'm not going to let you, uh, as a former Texans quarterback would say, that'll go unnamed. I'm not going to let you rob my joy, John, of a win over to the New England Patriots in Foxborough. Who cares? It's a win. A win's a win. But I get what you're saying um, last night uh, up there in New England. All right, so let's get into it then. Um, D'Amico Ryan's era is underway. After each Texans game, John and I do four stock up and four stock down to highlight the, uh, highlight the, 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 the high performers and the ones who need improvement. We'll start with the four stock up, John, for last night's game. And uh, as always, because you're in a Hall of Fame and I am not, you get to go first. So who's your first stock up for last night's game? The guy I wrote a column about on Wednesday, Tank Dell, rookie receiver from University of Houston. He was the star of the show, five catches, 65 yards. He had great six-yard touchdown catch, tremendous focus. He's on the ground. He used his feet. He used his hands to control the ball. 
Also had a 13-yard punt. Fact is, I wanted to play the whole game and them to keep getting him the ball because, as we've talked about before, he's the only player on the team who's, who can go the distance every time he touches the ball. Yeah, I, you know what I liked most about Tank Dell, John, was a couple things. One, um, I liked the play early in the game where Davis Mills threw him a crosser, but he threw it low, so Tank had to go down and get it. And that's a play – Look, Tank Dell is on this team. I think the primary thing he's on here for is for plays like that to be able to go get you yards after the catch. He's a game breaker. And I like that Tank Dell got up after having to go to the ground to catch a, a Davis Mills pass and kind of gave him that hand signal and said, hey, man, uh, how about put, you know putting it up a little higher because he's right, you know, and that's those are the things. That's one of those plays that in the box score looks like a good play because it was probably about a 12-yard gain. But there's probably 25 yards that were left on the field meat on the bone because Davis didn't put it right on Tank. So I like that. The other thing I like about Tank Dell's performance, John, and again, five catches for 65 yards. He had eight targets. He only played half the game. He had eight targets in the first half. Um, I like that Tank is – that he's a player that you and I and others who have been covering every snap of camp have been telling people who haven't been at camp how much Tank Dell is showing up, that he is flashing every single day and he's getting open – I feel like in previous camps, there's always guys like that that we're touting and we're talking about, and then they either end up not making the team or they stink and they start going against other teams. I like that that was one that matched up to what we've been telling the people, John. Tank Dell did guys like you and I a solid because he he is going to be a player for this football team. He played inside. He played outside. He used the middle of the field, and Davis Mills did a terrific job like you'd expect a guy who started for two years, getting him the ball right where he wanted it except for that low one. And it uh, took a lot of footballs for Tank to get up and tell a veteran, get the ball up like he did. Yeah. I thought he did it in a way that wasn't showing Davis up or anything like that, though. You know, I thought he was tactful in how he did it. Yeah, I um, think it's the kind of thing you tell him when you get back to the huddle. Okay. Um, so, yeah, Tank Dell's an easy one. Stock up. My, John, my first stock up is uh, another rookie. Uh, a day three pick, Henry Toa Toa, the linebacker, who he has been getting praise from Nick Casario since the middle of the spring uh, on, on our show, on Payne and Pendergast, when we had Nick on back in June. <clears throat> unprompted, he brought up Henry Toa Toa as a rookie who was really standing out during OTAs and minicamp uh, due to play recognition and just the cerebral part of the game, which is really all you can see when there's no pads on. He put the pads on last night, John, and it translated. He made a great open field tackle on a third and short situation in the first half. He had a big hit on another short yardage situation down near the New England goal line in the second half of that game last night. Or it might have been down near the Texans goal. I can't remember. But I, I remember Toa Toa making a big hit on a short yardage play. And he – middle linebacker, John, is one of those positions – maybe it might be the position where we see more guys where there's a difference between what their physical stature is and what their actual production is because of how much you can make up for by being instinctual. And Toa Toa was that way in college at Alabama, and it looks like so far um, he's not the starter. Denzel Perryman is, and Perryman had a good game last night too. Um, but I was really, really excited to see all the things we've seen in practice with Toa Toa, heard about Toa Toa behind the scenes. I was really excited to see that translate into you know two and a half quarters of football yesterday. One reason I heard talk to our last to the fifth round is because he didn't fill holes. He took didn't take people on. Last night he filled a hole twice, took people on for no gain. And uh um besides leading them in tackles, I thought there was not a, another defensive player 
uh, to be more encouraged about. And as we've talked about, it's only a matter of time before he's in the lineup. Yep. All right. Who is your next stock up, John? Scott, we talked about a lot last preseason. We didn't talk about him at all this preseason. Kurt Heinish, big Heine from Notre Dame, made it as an undrafted free agent last year. He had a sack. He led the team with two tackles for loss. You know, they're looking for defensive tackles to play uh, next to Malik Willis and to give Malik Willis a breather. And I think big Heine's off to a good start. Yeah, that's that. The competition at that position is going to be very interesting. That defensive tackle position because they brought in, you know, they brought in two big veterans at that at that position. You know, they they've got pretty much everybody back from last year, but everybody last year was a big reason why they gave up a, an historic amount of yards in the in the run game. Um, so Hassan Ridgeway, we didn't get to see Sheldon Rankins. John, what did you think about Sheldon Rankins not playing last night? A lot of veterans didn't play. I think he needed to play. If Malik Collins is playing, why in the world wouldn't they play Rankins? I thought if a defensive lineman needed off, it should be Collins along with Jerry Hughes. But um, right now, Rankins and Ridgeway were signed because they're good against the run, and we know that was the Texans' biggest weakness, and they did a terrific job against the run last night. All right. Last stock up, John, for me is Davis Mills, who came in last night, did a really good job uh, coming in after C.J. Stroud. We're about to do stock down, so I'm sure we'll talk about C.J. Stroud's performance, which I don't think was a catastrophe by any means, but it wasn't good. Um, But as far as Mills goes, um, and I, I say this two minutes after saying that, you know, he was a little inaccurate on his throws to Tank Dell. The one I talked about where he threw low, that wasn't the only one where the ball placement could have been better with Tank Dell. But I thought Davis Mills came in for a guy who's just as much a rookie in this offense as C.J. Stroud is. He's never played in this Kubiak offense before, uh, before this training camp. Um, I thought Davis Mills looked in control. I thought he found the open guy. I thought he moved the football down the field. He looked really good in the two-minute situation. I thought the clock management was a little interesting at the end of the half and ended up not biting them, but they really did let a lot of clock run down there to 25 seconds when it was third and two at about the 20-yard line of the Patriots. It ended up working out fine. Tank Dell scored that touchdown. But I think it's, you know, if I'm listing priorities for the Texans, John, in this preseason, I don't think Davis Mills looking like a, you know, a competent NFL quarterback is super high up the list of priorities for this team because we know C.J. Stroud's going to be the guy. But, man, it sure is a nice bonus to have if Davis Mills shows that he can really grasp this system. This film that he's putting out there in the preseason, John, could be really, really important for the Texans if a spot opens up at some training camp, especially one that's one of the 10 or 12 teams that runs this system. If Davis can look competent in this system, he all of a sudden becomes an asset that is a very fungible asset for this team. You know, the way Stroud played, they better hang on to Davis for a while. He looks smooth, John. He got the ball. He got rid of it quick. He made good decisions. He just looked like an accomplished veteran. And he's done a good job in training camp, did a good job in offseason. Stroud didn't get the job because Mills did bad. He got the job because he did very well in camp, and I expect him to bounce back in camp and look better against the Dolphins. Yep. Um, so Davis Mills, so our four stock up, uh, Tank Dell, Henry Toa Toa. Who was your second one again? Oh, Big Heine, Kurt Heinish, and then uh, Davis Mills is stock up number four. All right, let's shift over to stock down, John, and as always, the honor is yours, Your Honor. C.J. Stroud, two of four, 13 yards, 15-yard sack. 17.7 rating and interception when he locked on his receiver. He looked like a deer caught in the headlights because his protection was terrible. 
I mean, terrible. And, um, and it's not like the Patriots were using all their starters. But that offensive line got abused, and that was a bad time to get abused with a rookie quarterback making his debut. Yeah, I, I'll okay, so just to counterpoint you on that, and I'm with you, there's, not, there's nothing I can say where I can say C.J. Stroud was amazing last night or anything like that. What I will say about Stroud, yeah, the interception was – to me, the worst two things were the interception, clearly, um, and the sack. And I know the sack was like he had he had a defensive lineman right on top of him right after the snap. I mean, there's certainly the offensive line is to blame for there being a sack. I thought the way CJ handled that pressure, he exacerbated it, kind of like Case Keenum used to do when he was a young player and he would go backwards. CJ took what should have been about a six or seven yard loss and turned it into a 15 yard loss by the way that he handled that. So I didn't like that part either. I do think this, there were a couple things that I would say about Stroud. One thing that I liked and the other thing that um, that I will say to stick up for him. The thing that I liked was I did think he showed decent maneuverability when there was pressure that was kind of a criticism of his, that he was very robotic coming out of Ohio State, the Georgia game notwithstanding. This is probably more of a criticism before the playoff game against Georgia. Um, but that he was somebody, boy, if the pocket started to break down, it was going to be bad for C.J. Stroud. I, I thought he faced pressure one time, was able to escape, roll out to the left, and go gain six or seven yards on the ground. There was another play. I, I don't remember what the down and distance was, but he got flushed very quickly in the pocket, as he did on most of his dropbacks, and was able to kind of slither up the middle for a few yards as well. So I thought he showed a decent ability to maneuver. The other thing I would say, and the, all three quarterbacks kind of spoke to this after the game, was that... In a typical NFL game, and Clint Sterner talked about this too on the post-game show, former NFL quarterback, is that in a normal game, if the defense is throwing things at you that make you or the line or the offense uncomfortable the first two series, which happens all the time, even with good teams, that the OC goes back, makes some adjustments, makes some tweaks, looks for some soft spots on the field, and, and gets the offense going. CJ never got to come in after those first two series. You know, it's almost like part of Davis – Davis, I don't want to take anything away from Davis, but part of Davis Mills was he got to come in after CJ and Slowick makes these adjustments and starts calling different plays that address what New England is doing defensively. And they blitzed a lot last night. Um, and then Davis kind of gets the benefit. John, I compared it to when you're on a putting green, you know, you got two or three buddies you're out there with and everybody's getting ready to putt. And if you're the guy that goes first, everybody gets to get the read of the green by watching you putt. You, you're the one who has to putt and watch the thing roll 10 feet over into the rough, but everybody else gets the benefit. Like, oh, okay, that's the way the green breaks. Davis Mills was kind of, oh, that's the way the green breaks guy coming off of C.J. Stroud. So I, Stroud didn't really get a chance. If he were to come in, it would have been interesting to see if he came in for a couple more series if whatever adjustments Slowick made would have translated to Stroud like they did to Mills. I'm still amazed at those scouting reports that talked about his lack of mobility. He rushed for more than 70 yards against Northwestern. He had other games he rushed for more than 40 yards, and yet people are acting like he had problems with mobility. As he told us at the Combine, I didn't run a lot because my receivers were open and I didn't need to run a lot, but I can run. Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, John, my stock down is Daria Gumbawale who was only in for a few snaps, only got a couple of touches, and one of those touches bounced off his chest plate onto the ground and was a turnover in the game. I think that spot behind uh, Damian Pierce and Devin Singletary is very competitive right now in camp from everything I've watched. you know, And it's not just, uh, it's not just Dario Gumbawale, who's been on this team a couple of years. He con contributes on special teams. He's a veteran. He's been around for a while now. Um, 
but Mike Boone, I thought, had a really good game last night. I had him written down, John. If we were going five stock up, he would have been the fifth one for me. Um, I thought Boone showed some nice things last night, and he has throughout camp too. Um, so Dare fumbling that ball away last night, I think he's in a battle right now for a spot on this team with Boone. A couple of the young guys, the Valade kid out of Arizona State is somebody that I think is kind of a rookie that's kind of below the radar because he was undrafted. Um, and we'll see. We know there's going to be a lot of veteran running backs that get thrown onto the marketplace when those cutdowns come from 90 down to 53. I don't think Rex Burkhead is walking through that door, John. So that's that's good news for you. Um, and it was nice to see Devin Singletary on a third and one nearly get waylaid in the backfield, but actually make a guy miss. Rex Burkhead would not have done that on third and one. Um, but Daria Gumbawale, bad night for him last night, in my opinion. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, it's going to come down to special teams. That third back has got to be able to play special teams. Boombawali's really good at it. Not sure about Mike Boone. I'm told he's not as good as Boombawali is on special teams. So that's going to be the determining factor because you have to do it. I think Valaday is destined for the practice squad if he does well yep. and even makes that. But, yes, it's wide open. There's good competition. But you mentioned Singletary, who started um, – I did NFL radio with Charlie Weiss on uh, uh, Friday morning. Who? And his his uh, his kid, as he said, my kid was the offensive coordinator at FAU when Singletary was there. Mm-hmm. And I loved Devin Singletary. Thought it was a great pickup. Watched him with the Bills. So I like uh, listening to Charlie break it down on Singletary after watching him in college and with the Bills. I'm not familiar with Charlie Weiss, John. I don't know who that is. I'm sorry. <laughs> you wiped that out of your mind. I right? did. I did. You oh, had some three. kind of lobotomy, <laughs> so you didn't remember his tenure at Notre Dame. You got that right. All right, what's your next stock down, John? Uh, well, we talked about it off the air. Uh, Austin Daculus, offensive tackle, he was in there that uh, with uh, with uh, C.J. Stroud, and Daculus did not play well. Uh-oh. And there's a lot of competition at tackle. They got to be better because Titus Howard may not be ready for the start of the season. He might be. And then Charlie Heck, their third tackle who would be starting and they wouldn't have an issue. Charlie had stepped on the field since last season, recovering from a knee injury and he's on PUP. So they got issues. George Fant, Austin Deculus, uh, Killian Zaire, the rookie from Auburn undrafted. And seems like Nick Serio signing tackles off the street almost every day because he's got issues. Yeah. This is one of those things, John, where it's a classic case for the Texans this offseason where they, they've upgraded the roster tremendously over the last year, really over the last two years. I went back and looked at the box score this morning from the, the, the opener of the David Culley season as to like who was on the field for them that day. And the difference in the number of guys that I'm excited about on this team Versus that team where, I mean, I was excited about exactly zero guys on that 2021 team. They had no draft picks. They, they had no cap space. They had a bunch of old guys. Um, 
but still they're at a stage where they had so much catching up to do that you can't address everything. You know, you just don't have the resources to do it. And unfortunately, it looks like the area that hasn't really gone addressed is depth along the offensive line. You know, that's they, you know, they're drafting Juice Scruggs in the second round to be a starter. Jared Patterson didn't play last night. That would have been nice to see. You know, Jared Patterson is a guy, six round pick. But he's a Notre Dame guy. I've watched a lot of Jared Patterson. Very, very versatile, good player at the collegiate level. Um, so we didn't get to see him. The names and the guys that they have on the starting offensive line. line and I know that, that, that only two of those guys are actually going to start. My God, some of these guys, they were trotting out there last night, John. That was uh, that was sad. Well, Scruggs is a rookie, so he's going to struggle. Kenyon Green's in his second year. And he struggled as a rookie and needs to be better. So it's amazing. They only had one sack in the game, and that was the one in which Stroud should have thrown the ball away, as you mentioned, and taking a six or seven yard sack and not a 15 yarder. Yep. All right. Last one for me, John. Last stock down. Is it okay for me to go on the other side of the of course, last night? Of All course, right. please because, do. Because I think as long as I'm bringing up people that are relevant to Texan fans, then I think it works for this segment. And I would say that Bill O'Brien, Billio as he is now, is relevant to Texan fans. Rough night for the guy who got a standing ovation out of training camp. And I know his second stringer's in there, John. I know it wasn't Mac Jones. It was Bailey Zappi. But if C.J. Stroud doesn't throw that interception and – the Patriots don't decide to bring in Malik Cunningham to basically just run a bunch of playground stuff that nobody was prepared for. They get shut out last night. I don't even think that last touchdown should have counted, John. That that's the equivalent of that's the equivalent like in a baseball game when the score is like eight or nine nothing of somebody stealing bases or bunting. If there were unwritten rules in football, John, and these two teams played today, the next the very next day, Bill O'Brien would get beamed in the head for putting Malik Cunningham out there and running a bunch of QB draws that nobody was looking for. So and I kid, but bad night for Billy O last night, John. I'm very, I'm very, I haven't had a chance to do this yet because I was doing post game till midnight and I had Payne and Pendergast this morning. But one of my projects for today is to go consume some Boston sports radio and see what they're saying about our old friend up in Boston today. Before that last drive with Cunningham, the uh, Texans had allowed 89 yards. Wow. And then they had allowed 44 rushing. Mm. And then, of course, they, they were leading 20 to 3, and Patriots scored their only touchdown. Greg Rosen from the Chronicle went on their message, message boards or somewhere. On, oh, he went on Twitter and he tweeted a bunch of the comments about O'Brien and his offense. And you can imagine what they were. Oh, yeah. Well, it's brutal, probably a- brutal. Yeah, probably a whole lot like what it was like at Alabama when Alabama would lose a rare game the last couple of years. That was, it was always fun during Alabama games when things were going a little sideways the last couple of years to go search <laughs> Bill O'Brien on Twitter and just see what the comments were. My God, it was like a slot machine, John. It was on, on the tweet deck there. All right. So the four stock downs CJ Stroud, Daria Gumbawale, Austin Deculus and uh, William O'Brien Esquire are our four stock downs. All right, John, you excited about this week? This is a, this is one of going to be one of the more fun weeks of preseason that we've had in quite some time here. Dolphins coming to town, two big joint practices, and then the game next Saturday afternoon. I want to see Derek Stingley Jr. covering Tyreek Hill in practice. That's yeah. going to be the most fun thing that we will see out there, the most exciting thing. Can't wait. Joint practices, home game. Uh, 
very exciting time in preseason. Yep, no doubt. Uh, John, what do you got going on on SportsRadio610.com? I posted a column this morning uh, wrapping up the game, looking ahead to the Dolphins. I reposted my column on Tank Dell after he had that great series. And uh, I'll probably have an Astros coming up, plus a lot more on the Texans. John, you should have players coming up to you now at practice begging you to write columns about them because when you write columns about them, they dominate preseason games. Bad those fine. players. They don't even know who I am. It's science. You write about Tank Dell, and Tank Dell basically just he, he basically turns into Antonio Brown, the good I'll version of Antonio I, Brown. I'll see if I can make it two out of two. And by the way, before we go, yep. we got a few spots left on our August 24th Utopia Football Podcast at the Houstonian. Uh, it's going to be a great night. Go to Houstonian.com. Go down to where it says events. Click on sign up. Great food. Great wine. It's going to be a great night for the general manager, Steve Fryerhouse, and his extraordinary step. We're going to have a lot of fun. We will have a lot of fun. There's going to be a lot of Texan fans there. If you're a Texan fan, you're looking for a little fellowship with some other Texan fans. should be fun. We're getting this close to selling that thing out. It's uh, it's going to be a whole lot of fun. It takes place on August the 24th, which is a little under two weeks away. Um, Houstonian.com slash events. John, I will uh, – I will see you out at uh, practice on Saturday, Saturday, a little late afternoon, Saturday practice for us. I look forward to it and uh, I look forward to our next podcast on Monday. Monday. Yes, we will. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll probably uh, do a little recap of things we saw over the weekend, not just with the Texans, but I think there's a lot of interest in some of the other rookie quarterbacks like Bryce Young and Anthony Richardson. Preseason week one is super intriguing. So we'll take a look at some of the storylines and start to look ahead to the week that will be for the Houston Texans as we do all the time. And we'll probably mix in some Astros as well on Monday as well. They got a big series coming up with the angels this weekend as they try to chase down the Texas Rangers in the AL West. All right. Uh, for our producer, Mike, who's in for James getting this podcast out to you on a, in a quick and efficient fashion. We thank him for pinch hitting for James. And of course, for the hall of famer, John McClain, I am Sean Pendergast. We are out of time. Uh, thank you for tuning into this bonus episode of the Utopia podcast and uh, be sure to click that subscribe button wherever it is you get it if you haven't already so you get it automatically sent to you as opposed to having to search it out we appreciate everybody for telling a friend as well about the utopia football podcast have a great weekend everybody we'll see you next week